Up next on Inside Champ Car, racing at Watkins Glen. Welcome to Inside Champ Car. He's Bill Strong. I'm Brian Malansky. This week on the show, taking a look at what's coming up at the Watkins Glen in the beautiful Finger Lakes region of Upper State New York, as my mom would say, Upper State New York instead of Upstate New York. We'll also recap the Champ Car board meeting, and we'll pull the corner back on the pull the curtain back on this week's tech tip. Bill, hey, how are you, sir? How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing I'm good. I'm doing good. We um. Didn't you owe me a Coke? Uh, <laughs> wow. I haven't heard that been, since second grade at St. Patrick's have, Catholic Church in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. I have little children at home still. One, <laughs> at least. We, we loaded up Bill? her cart. No, her, her name is Kate. We loaded up her cart today, and she's moving out for good tomorrow. Though Mama said they are invited back. Okay. I say they're invited back, too, okay. but I don't say it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, yeah, man, my... Uh, my week or so back from um where the heck was i hallett Hallett. so uh yeah yeah, my drive back was uh, uneventful and we uh uh, been basically all you know all crew have been working on the uh, board of directors meeting which uh basically happened last night and uh went really well um all the feedback has been really good um the board made an announcement that they were thinking of uh limiting wheel sizes to 18 inches and tire which would mean that you could run um i think at the max was like a 285 tire and right. the d-class cars or the big bore cars oh man they they led into the board it was uh pretty <laughs> impressive um it shocked me and not much on the internet shocks me anymore because of you know my experience with working right. with groups and and it shocked me that the we had one one person that said oh this is a great rule <laughs> it was just a, ty- a niagara falls worth of members that um said no this isn't the way to go okay so the board was shocked um and they they made an announcement they're gonna keep they're gonna allow the 30 day they said they keep it up for 30 days and and get feedback and we'd love to to hear your feedback on it and maybe uh look at another way of doing it for uh, 2024 so um also some significant consternation over the idea of just having electric tools over the wall which is funny because you know we had some folks come on there saying electricals should not be allowed over the wall because they cause fires and explosions and the world will end it'll stop the world from rotating especially if you use pirellis you don't but you know it's it's you have to be old to remember the pirelli commercial yeah yeah. Stopping the world. So, but, but let me ask the, a quick question with that. Uh-huh. You guys don't change tires while you're fueling, right? No, no. <laughs> but the question is if somebody next to you is fueling. Okay. And you're doing it and you set off. But we've been using the, the I got my first set of, you know, the, elect, the battery powered impacts. I want to say 2014, 2013, 2014. And that, um, you know, and I know guys have been using them up down pit lane forever. Right. There was only a few teams that were using air. There's there's a concern that the air, you know, the, the pro teams show up and they've got all the air tools and these, you know, whatever, magnum guns. The that, thunder guns. You know, yeah, thunder guns right. that spin off those lug nets at a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> um, 
you know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, that kind of, they were concerned about that. I personally don't see an issue with them, but there are some that do. It's well, it, it, it is what it is. I, I think they're, I they're, they're, they're cheap now too. You can buy them off of a, uh, you know, that you go to the use, the used NASCAR shops in Mooresville and oh, you yeah. can pick them up, you know, fairly inexpensive. Yeah. I couldn't so. find it, but I, I was trying to, there's a very interesting video that you can, you, with seeing a spark come off the wheel lug. Oh yeah. On an air gun. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, it's not the gun itself. It's, it's, it's the, the spark. The it's the lug itself. It, yeah. So, I mean, you can get a spark when you, whenever you've got metal against metal, you can find a way to make a spark. Oh, you can get a spark just by inserting the hose into your, right. into your car. So, right. I mean, we see, we've seen anyway. that a few times, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> It's um that that's still being debated, I think. Um, and they haven't officially written the rules. Right. So those those are released around September for the following year for for club review. And um, folks have to remember that. And we're not. You know, when they when they release these rules, you need to read them. You need to look them over. And if you have concerns, let them know in, right. in September. Don't come out in February and say, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Blah, blah, blah. Right. You, you have six, whatever, five, four months to, to sort this out. So they'd love feedback like that. Um, and just to let you know, uh, there's some forms and some stuff that I have that I still have to put up on the website pertaining to the board of directors meeting, like how they voted. Sure. Um, Chris sent that to me this morning. So I've got to champify it with all the logos and stuff, right, right. make it so that it's readable. Um, so I'll get all that done uh, probably within the next week. Yeah. Uh, before I head out to California, I'll put all that up too. But yeah, the meeting went really well. We had all the board of directors on on uh, on our show. Paulie put that on for us. Did a real professional job. I thought he did a great job at it. Um, and the the board itself didn't go off uh, off script like they have in the past, which is great for me because that really screws up the slides. You know how would you do stuff? So it's all about but you. Yeah, Bill. It's all about oh, it you. is. Well, it's you freak out. It's like that's not what we planned. You know. You, <laughs> So, you know, it's, yeah, because I have it all right here. You know, where is it? Yeah, right here. You know, yeah. we're, what we're doing and, you know, so, <laughs> but yeah. And uh, that's great. But they, they did great. Um, we, uh, we, t we talked about it, you know, basically everything. I droned on for probably way too long for our marketing stuff. No. But, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> exactly. You try to get the most screen time as you can. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right, anything else on that board meeting before we head off to Watkins Glen here? Um, it's just, no, nah, it, it was, you know, you can go see it on YouTube on champcar.live, um, to, to see the full board meeting in pop all its some glory. Popcorn. Yeah. Pop some pop, <laughs> sit back. There's, there was no infighting. That was, that's great though. Somebody did bring up, um, one of the board members did bring up to, you know, uh, there was a question about the number of tools allowed over the wall. Oh yes. And, I heard about this. Yeah. And he, he said that you could use a, your torque wrench as a breaker bar. And I went into instant no <laughs> mode and said no that's not what you do i got yelled at by my boss you know this is their meeting let mm. them you know and you know that's yeah i'm I'm sorry about that board but <laughs> <laughs> you don't use a torque wrench for a breaker bar yeah. i mean you can but you only do it once exactly you know. and then the car owner or the whoever owns that torque wrench tool, will use it yeah. to to bludgeon you with it yeah because yeah. that's all it will be good worth after you do that it won't be worth anything other than to bludgeon someone right i don't buy my torque wrenches at harbor freight right i buy good solid torque wrenches and um i have in the past got them uh calibrated 
Right. Um, but my dad, my stepdad was uh, the one that would do that kind of stuff for me, but he's no longer with us. So I don't know where I get it done, yeah. but there are places out there. That do it. But that's it. That was it. That cool. was, it was a good meeting. All right. Watkins Glen coming up in, uh, well, after, after when we put this show up, actually coming up. In I a leave day. in the morning. Yeah. yeah I leave be... bright and early in the morning. What do we I'm know about to... Watkins Glen? So a lot going on. Yeah, we have, um, it's the, uh, Salem's Champyard dog at the Glen. Salem Hot Dog Company or Packaging Company. They're sponsoring the event for the last few years. And uh, we want to thank them again for being on board. We have 103 cars scheduled. Not everybody has gone through tech yet, so that might drop down. 901 Motorsports, they usually have two cars. Unfortunately, they're only bringing one car this time. 90 Racing, uh, R-Bank Racing, they do really well at this track. Um, they're showing up with their uh, their Saab, the return of the Saab. 90 Racing has been running the, uh, or R-Bank has been running the Honda for a while now. And uh, they're bringing the Saabs back. Atlanta Speedworks is showing up with a Boxer and a Honda CRX. Um, we got a whole bunch of other folks coming out here. Let's see who else at Bliss Racing and their Camaro coming out. Cool. Um, I race with those guys sometimes. Boston Liners. We haven't seen those guys in a while. They've got three cars. They've been a long time Watkins Glen racers with Champ Car. Um, let's see. Uh, Flying Ghost will be out there with uh, one car. They've got the BMW 328. Flying Purple People Leaders and their Purple <laughs> Mazda RX-7 will be there. Uh, grit and Grind Racing and their BMW 330CI, or is it CL? No, it's a CI. Hammerhead Racing, they're always uh, out there. Heart, Honda of America Racing Team, that is one of the factory Honda cars will be out there. When I say factory, they're workers and engineers at the Honda factory. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Pretty good. Pretty good how we played that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Haywood Racing will be there with their two Miatas. Um, Hound Dogs will be there. They're longtime uh, champ car racers, uh, good family team. They'll be out there with their BMW 325. JS Motorsports, Junk Player Special Returns, those guys out of uh, the uh, Ohio area, Nelson Ledges mm-hmm. area. They race there a lot. Kwood Racing, they've got a Mazda Miata that'll be there. Uh, Cargo Racing, that's always a fun name. Uh, Doc always liked that name, Cargo. Cargo, Cargo West, S Cargo Car- Fast, S Cargo, S Cargo. Yeah, Laps of Honors there with their Chevy Corvette. Um, they they did quite well. Um, at, oh, Marathon Coach come in our, our, our Triple R Motorsport Ranch. They're coming up from uh, um, South Florida to make this race. MBM Motorsports and the return of the McKibben's Biohazard Racing Troyota MR2 V6 2.0. That's the center seated MR2 will be there. We'll see how long that lasts. The last time I were there, they had some serious mechanical issues with the car. I hope Troy does well with it. He's not had a good, uh, he did not have a good 2020 or 2021. MDR Motorsports, uh, and, and yeah, MDR Motorsports will be there. Uh, Miskew Motorsports, he just sent me his camera information and I uh, passed that on to Polly. And uh, he'll have the Mazda Miata. That's a family team that show up. MLC Racing will have three cars. Murray Motorsports will be there. Uh, let's see who else. Prefect Racing and their Lexus SC300F will be there. I don't know what the F stands for. Punisher <laughs> will be there. Punisher GP will be there with their Porsche 928. You don't see that many 928s, but this is a team that shows up with one nice. pretty regularly up nice. in the Northeast. Red Barn Racing. Oh, and Red Green Racing will be there. You know who Red Green is? No. Red Green is like, uh, it's the Canadian version of Home Improvement. Tim Allen. Um, Steve Smith. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. But Red Green, he's, he's, it's like a, yeah, it's like a Home Improvement type show, but funny. Oh, my okay. goodness, funny. A lot of car action in there. How to how to fix your car, like using duct tape. Nice. It's awesome. Like putting two cars together with duct tape. <laughs> um, 
Rhinoceros Racing, Rossmore Racing is there as well. Uh, Scrappy Doo Racing. We don't have any very many Mustang GTs there this this week, but uh, the Rustang Renegades will be there. <clears throat> um, sent from the Gourds. I don't know what that means, but sent from hmm. the Gourds and their ninety-five BMW three twenty-five. See now, these there. are the these are the inquiring mind questions that you yes, are like, tasked with getting answers to when you're at Watkins yep. Glen this weekend. So we can talk that about sounds that. Sounds good. Yep. Simon says now. Simon says has a record for the amount of wins at the VIR twenty-four. Oh, there, I believe four or five wins. It might be five. Cool. Um, but Simon says was one of the powerhouses on the East coast. Now, um, those guys were younger. They've all gone out and got jobs now. And, you know, I guess they're all engineers or something <laughs> up in the North Carolina area, right. but, um, they don't do as much racing as they used to, but I'll tell you what, they still end up at the front and they won a race last year. So, um, those guys are showing up and they did, they've done quite well at, uh, Watkins Glen. Soggy Bottom Boys are there. Sparrow Speed Racing, Syndicate Racing Development. The see Team Sailing will be there with three cars. They bring him back one of their their old uh, RX-7s and the charcoal car. Team Sailing's Ketchup Boxster and the Team Sailing's Mustard Boxster will be there. <laughs> and uh, those guys, uh, thanks again, guys, for helping to uh, put on this event for us. Cool. With your sponsorship. Well, and I and, fancy uh, myself as a bit of a hot dog aficionado. Oh, I'm from and Chicago. theirs are good. They have done um, they have done free hot dog lunches, but because of COVID yeah. and some restrictions in New York, we haven't been able to do that. But I'm pretty certain that'll come back one well, of these days. I, I, and I'm going to actually sit down with Will Nanamaker. He actually sent me a bunch of stuff today. We're going to do a little get together with him, and and we'll do something probably for an upcoming show with you and I because cool. there'll be some times where we can't do this because yeah. of vacations and yeah. stuff. So we'll we'll put that we'll put in a couple as, in the can as they stay in yes, the business. Yes, in the can. Yep, yep. And so, uh, but we're going to play that live for or not live, but we'll play that on the uh, Champ Car live show as well. Cool. well I was just going to um, say no, before Z you go on, I just let me finish my uh -huh. hot dog plug. You know, being oh, from yes. Chicago, I've I've got my my favorite hot dog and I did some time in New York. I call it doing time. And uh the, the Salem's hot dogs are definitely right up there with some of the best in the country. So, yep, there we go. Yep. And I'm not just they, saying that cuz they're paying the bills this weekend. No, but they're a packaging company too. So, right. they've actually spent a lot of time developing ways of uh extending the life of a hot dog. I, as, I don't even uh, want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's just the way they freeze them and package them or something. Something about it. how you don't want to see how the sausage is made. <laughs> science. It's science. science. Sure it is. <laughs> Triple R Motorsports Ranch will be there with their Ford Mustang. Twisted Nuts Racing, that's always great to say. Uh, those are the one teams that I love uh, that Doc would say just out of the um, – the Ultimate Lebowski. Oh, gotta be yes. a, that's got to be your, your your winner. It's a 2002 BMW 325i. And then Visceral Racing, he just posted up. Visceral's our national champion with the 918 – or right. I think it's a 918 car. Um, they will be there with three cars. They have worked constantly since, I think, getting off the phone with us. Uh, for our show, and they've got three cars ready, and they've got a new car. Right, it's a it's a Porsche, nice. and it's a Boxster. Oh, so so yeah. so going back to the the Lebowski team, uh -huh. you need to get pictures of them wearing their big Lebowski sweaters in in, in the pits. Because <laughs> yeah, if we'll they're see. not, then I'll yeah. be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it, they, maybe or isn't it a bathrobe? I think it. it well, it's supposed yeah. to be a sweater, but yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It yeah. is. Yeah. Warrior Racing is there with two cars. Weeby Racing, uh, the Wiser Blitz Racing Porsche Boxster. That's one of our staff. Yeah, that's David, uh, ex 
uh, we spoke with him earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, David's uh, there with his uh, Porsche Boxster uh, and Wilson Daily Racing and Wellwood Garage. So it's it's a packed field, man. It's going to awesome. be a fun race. So awesome. And that's a big track. We've got eight hours or seven hours. I think it's a 7-7, seven, seven, right? 7-7? Seven, seven? I didn't yep, look. It's a seven, yeah, I think it's a 7-7 seven, because seven, New cool. York. Um, remember, folks, that uh, no kids under 18 are allowed on the hot or cold side of the pit lane. So basically, you cannot go on pit. Um, they have to stay in the stands. Um, and I think out of the garages, too, but I'm not quite certain on that. But yeah, just to hide them. Follow the yeah. follow the rules. Read the subs. <laughs> follow the rules. Yes. Really, really important because uh, they have people looking all over the place and they will stop races. Right. If they find groups of kids everywhere. So, right. um, but cool. yeah. We'll have some fun with that. We'll look forward to talking about that next week. You know what time it is, Bill? It is detective time. All right, so I wanted to head out and get my shower scrunchie for this because, you know, it's this one's got me. I'm going to get some learning going on here because you've got a tech tip having to do with shower curtains. Yes. And and in, in my, my extensive career in motorsports, I have no freaking clue what we're going to use a shower curtain for. So bring it on. I'm, I'm ready well, to learn. I've been watching a lot of these murder mystery shows, you know, where you just roll people up in the shower <laughs> curtains. Yeah. No, it's uh, you take you, you can either take an old shower curtain, but, you know your wife a, might get mad is this the diaper story are we using no. this as diapers no no you, you, you can take an old or even a new shower curtain and you can use it at the track how do you use it well let's say you're at a track like nelson ledges or even carolina motorsports park where the paddock isn't paved it's grass right so you can put the shower curtain on the ground underneath the car that you're working on Okay. For one, you're going to protect the grass from those oil stains dripping so out of your car constantly. Yes. <laughs> the oil the oil dripping out of your car, it's not getting into the well system at the track. Um, it's not killing the grass. Right. But most important, and this is from my experience because I don't have a paved driveway. I have a, uh, a stone driveway. Okay. And, you know, we just have a big dump truck come out right. and lay granite down and done. But when you drop a bolt or screw or that tiny little part good point and it goes in between the stones or in the grass and now you you know it's yeah. like looking for that 10 millimeter socket or you wedding know, that ring. five minute yeah or that five minute job yeah has now taken four hours because you're you're trying to find those parts but so, when you have something so do you see what i'm holding up here yes did you lose it so i don't take this to the racetrack i'm sure i'm holding up my wedding ring yeah i don't take this to the racetrack anymore um, and it's, it has nothing to do with my love for my wife. I, I, that's that's never ending. But uh, uh, I was at a track, and I got halfway home and realized that my ring wasn't on my finger. And I nearly – and this was like a, three months after getting married. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> and I'm like, do I call her now on the way home and let the steam get off before I get home, or do I wait till I get home? So it turns out um, – and we the next whole day, we, we searched the grass in the car – all over everywhere and nowhere to be found turns out i took it off at the hotel to wash my hands right and left it on the sink and i found the only honest 
cleaning staff yeah. person in all of the hotel. No, I'm just kidding. The yeah. cleaning staff person returned into the hotel management, and I called on Monday morning. I gave them my works FedEx number, and they FedExed it back to me. So I love that idea, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and I always instantly put it on my keychain, by the way, because I don't want to do that. I lost my ring thing. Yeah, because that's I just leave it right here. Yeah. No matter. We've been married 100 years, so there's just no way of explaining that one. Yeah. But the uh, but yeah, so you you can put it under your car. You protect the ground around you. You can catch parts. Um, It's it's also, you know, when you're in your. You know, a lot of stuff is on that ground oh, yeah. and you know, you're not getting dirty unless you spill everything on that shower curtain, but you have a couple of them, but you can pick them up at Lowe's and home Depot well, Menards. I, I use a 10 by 10 tarp for that reason. Yeah. But with the shower curtain, if you get it mucked up, it's like five bucks. You throw it away and get a new one. So I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can get them from the dollar store too, yeah. which is really cheap. Yeah. So that's a great idea. Uh, All right. Yeah, now and, I've, I like yeah. it. I like it. And, you know, even at, you know, when you're changing fluids and stuff, it just makes it easier. There's a lot of tracks that we go to where, you know, they they just laid down the the paddock, the the blacktop on the paddock. And everybody freaks out about, you know, not spilling oil, not spilling fuel. Right. um, And, you know, using jack stand to plywood underneath it so that your jack stand doesn't sink into their newly laid blacktop. Yeah. And you could do the same thing. Just shove the, the plastic down there and you change your fluids and you don't, you know. The other thing you can Pick do is up. if it's pouring just, rain out, you can cut it in half and then put oh, a yes. hole in it, and you can wear it as a as a poncho. You could. And when it is raining and you have to work under your car, yep. it's nice to get on something dry. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so, cool. Especially in your race suit, because you know, mechan- You know, we're we're all race. You know, race mechanics. Right. The guys on uh, that racing champ car. I oh, mean, yeah. there's some you know the arriving drives that don't sure. ever handle a wrench, but you know, when you're in the middle of a race and you've got to get under your car and it's you're still in your suit because, you know, you're still in your suit. Right. Um, just get on that. Just cool. get on some, throw some plastic out. What a good and idea. Cheap, so. All right. See, I told you I was going to learn something today. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Pretty a lot awesome. of uses. You can, you know, when it's raining and you got your driver, instead of having an umbrella girl standing there with him, you could just throw a, throw a, throw it over it. Or the guy that's just talking too much, you could just put it over his face, tighten it down with a couple of Go zip ties. Zip ties. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that at our race. Speaking from experience, Bill. Yeah, I I can tell. I bet you Paulie has wanted that to happen a couple of times over the last couple of years. Not just Paul, but Troy. I don't know if I do it that way, man. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. All right. Uh, I think it's time to get to break. And then on the other side, uh, what a fun conversation with Joe White. Joe White. I finally got the answer to my burning question of what does basil weenie racing mean? Yeah. And 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 as Ray, as Ray says, Ray, uh, you know, our head of tech, when when Ray says that he is one of the most unassuming guys in the paddock. Right. But he is one of the smartest and just, just brilliant at what he does with the race cars. Nice guy. And, and he popped up on the screen with a whole podcaster audio setup, too, which I was like, wow, this is cool. I love that. Yeah. A fellow podcaster. So. And a nice mic, too. I'm yes. going to get that mic. Well, I've got one of them. You got the same exact thing. We got it yep. right here. It's yep. awesome stuff. Yep. All right. We're going to do that when we come back. Joe White will join us on Inside Champ Car. Stay with us. Every race weekend, you don't know what's going to happen. 
But with ChampCar.Live, all the action comes right into your living room. The Champ Car Endurance Series is North America's home to real competitive endurance road racing. And ChampCar.Live brings you live, full race coverage with in-car, trackside cameras, interviews, and expert commentary. And ChampCar.Live brings you live, full race coverage with in-car and trackside cameras, interviews, and expert commentary. Check out champcar.live on the web, subscribe, and ring the bell so as not to miss a single minute of the action. It's fun, free, informative, and it's just a click away. Champcar.live. Come check us out. We bring you a front row seat, but you'll only need the edge. Hi, I'm Kip Sebring. When I'm on my way to the race, I listen to Inside Champ Car Podcast. Welcome back to Inside Champ Car. I'm Brian Polanski. He's Bill Strong. And joining us right now is, I think Bill called him one of the real characters of Champ Car, Joe White. I don't know if I'm one of the characters of Champ Car. I've been around it for quite a while. Hello, Brian. <laughs> Hello, Bill. Hello. This is Joe White That's from right. Basil, yep. Basil Weenie Racing. So well, uh, Joe, the, the real reason you're, you're here, Joe, is because I said to, to Bill, I said, what is the story behind this Basil Weenie racing name? And oh, then, yeah, you've struggled with that some, I think, over the, <laughs> over the broadcast. Well, that's Polly. Polly calls it Basil Weenie only because of, um, you know, what was that? A comedian, the comedy show in England with Basil. Um, mm, not sure. I know. Uh -oh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, British British actor Basil Rathbone. There you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, way back in the day. So anyway, he kept on talking about Basil Weenie Racing, and I, we've got some great names of team names. My favorite, of course, is is Freddie Mercury Racing. Uh -huh. um, um, but uh, but I got I was like, what's up with we, we've got to get them on just so I can find out what is the history behind the name <laughs> Basil Weenie. So so give it to us. Well, it has to do with the team owner. Okay. Yeah, Basil Weenie is my dachshund. Oh, okay. Basil. His name is Basil, and he's the team owner. And he's a weenie dog. He is a weenie dog. Okay. So Basil Weenie Racing. Well, that story's not nearly as sexy as I was hoping for. No. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so Doc Waldrop, Doc Waldrop and Paulie uh -huh. Feltham, Basil Faulty from Faulty Towers. That's okay. why they would always say ba uh, Basil. Basil, Basil yeah, Weenie. Yeah, yeah, they would always say basil rather than basil. Or, <laughs> right, right. I, of course, I have a southern accent, so I tend to pronounce things that way. Okay, okay. All right, so now that we got that out of the way, I really was hoping that, that was a much more elaborate story, but that's okay. We, we can go. All right, that's going to do it yeah. for this episode. Of, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> have, a, have a nice evening, guys. See you later. But Basil Weenie, they've been involved with Champ Car from the beginning. Right. Pretty much. And before that, what did you do with racing? Or what did you do for a job? Because you're a real technical guy, aren't you? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. You're, you're, like an, you're like an engineer, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm an electrical engineer. I've been an electrical engineer for 50 years. Cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've always had an interest in cars, you know, growing up, early days, high school. I wouldn't have had a car if I hadn't figured out how to buy and build one back in that era. I kind of stayed with that. I do my own car work and stuff. I almost never take a car into the shop. 
but I mean, that kind of progressed over the years. And uh, when I moved to Texas, that's when it kind of uh, kind of grew. Um, I was divorced by then and uh, had a little more spending money available to me. Like, Wait, how did that work? I say usually it's the other way around. Yeah. Well, it took a little while to build yeah, up. Back okay. up. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to get personal there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah, believe me, it went to zero. It went right, to okay. zero. But then it came back up pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You know how that goes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The shaft thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah. so anyway, um, I started working for a company here in Austin, and we eventually brought, or they eventually brought in a new CEO, and that CEO was a racer he was a seasoned oh. scca racer lynn gilmore was his name okay and uh lynn had a camaro a group a gp1 camaro that he had raced in trans am or scca pro racing back okay. when they were still doing pro racing in scca and uh, he had brought that car to austin and wanted to start campaigning again well, he found out I was kind of a car guy and I worked with him every day very closely. We got along pretty well. And so he needed help. And so we started campaigning that car in SCCA. This was an era when uh, Texas World Speedway over in College Station was in full blown operation. There were quite a few events being scheduled there in that era, mostly SCCA events. But NASA, I don't think, had quite come along when we started. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of the uh, uh, amateur endurance racing series had started. Right. No, that, they didn't. That yeah, era. they didn't start till about 2008, 2009. That's right. And we were yeah. doing this in maybe 04, 05 is when we started over there. We traveled around a little bit. Uh, he had a lot of pressing job responsibilities so we couldn't do any real long distance travel so let's say the majority of our events were either there at texas world or texas motor or down at uh, msr in houston for a long time texas world was kind of the premier road course in texas right that was the that was the creme de la creme right oh my goodness oh absolutely um they had turned that it was an oval to begin with it had been a NASCAR track back in the sixties. It fought, fell out of usage. And, uh, I'm not sure exactly when that started, but they start repurposing the track to be more of a road course. So they added, uh, quite a lengthy section that extended, uh, there was a, a flat area behind the track and they extended the, the track over. Oh, so you that left the, the track. Car. You left oh yeah, you left. Yeah, you oh. left. You left the the uh, the oval itself. Now they had a variety of different ways you could run right. the track. That I, to my knowledge, they never ran it as an oval. I don't think you could even run it as an oval ah. because the asphalt was in pretty bad shape up on the high banks. Right. Okay. So you usually the road courses were laid out primarily to use the apron of the right. track. So ah, it's okay. kind of like New Hampshire, where it utilizes right. like like one and a half or like half of the oval, and then goes outside on the back stretch, ah, does its thing, it. yeah. and then comes back in. 
Yeah, that, okay. and that, that's exactly what they did at, at Texas World. They went out the back and then came back in. Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the way. Um, because I raced it at New Hampshire, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, you had that big bowl that you dive into and come out. Yeah, and then uh-huh. uh, I did some some um, what do they call those back in the day? Solo one. Okay. Okay. Did a solo one at Phoenix International Raceway where they had an outside um, part two. Sure. They did. Im- sure. They actually did an IMSA race there. Uh, the, okay. the what do you call those? The big the big guy the big guns. Okay. okay. Actually, that class is coming back. I forget what they called that back then. Yeah. The GTP but, yeah. class. Yeah. GTP. Yeah. GTP right. ran there. So how- know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Another thing that we did uh, Texas Motor up in Fort Worth, which is primarily uh-huh. a NASCAR track. Um, they have an infield course. You don't go outside of the track, but you go inside the track and there's a little bit of a road course in the infield. It's not very good. They haven't, to my knowledge, they haven't had any amateur endurance races up there in several years, but we raced up there in SCCA a couple of times and there was at least one or two champ events up there bro. right yeah yep. yeah the texas the motor speedway road course is kind of like the roval at charlotte oh okay uh, right. except probably not as extensive as the one at right. charlotte I, I, right. they've done a better job at charlotte with their roval yeah interesting interesting so how did you get involved with i guess first lemons and then champ, at the time chump car well um Another thing that had kind of developed with my SCCA involvement is I was starting to, to kind of watch the spec Miatas because that class had come into being as a regional class. It wasn't a national class at that time. Right. But they were fielding sometimes at Texas World and, and Texas Motor. They'd have 50, 60 cars show up for that. Oh, wow. And I had some buddies that were involved in it. And I, you know, I thought I wanted one of those cars. Um, almost bought one, but I didn't, I'm glad I didn't, but at that same time, <laughs> it was really interesting. A buddy of mine gave me a Miata, uh, never had one before in my life, never driven one, never sat in one, nothing. This buddy of mine gave me one, I had a bad crankshaft, which was a problem with the early ones. And I fixed that car and kind of fell in love with working on them and I started buying and selling Miatas. I'd find, you know, one with a problem or something like that, buy it, fix it, sell it. And then I started building motors for Miatas for uh, low dollar kind of street motors. And one of my buddies or one of my friends here in Austin bought one of those motors for me and put it in his lemons car. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was a lemons and chump at the time it was chump lemons combined lemons chump car and there was a champ car event here in austin at harris hill that must have been about 2009 2010 at the very latest and jack invited me to come to that event because he was going to put that motor i had sold him in his car that was the Bill, you probably remember the Lemonada. Did you ever? Oh see yes, that? yeah, yeah, I remember that, that car. was the that was Jack Kinkle's car, the Lemonada. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's the culprit. He's the guy that really <laughs> got me into amateur endurance racing in a in a 
uh, probably too big of a lake, quite all, honestly. All of us have that person, by the way. Yeah. You know, yeah, whether yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, you know, that guy for you or, you know, it's, everyone's got that person, Bill Suloff. I don't know if you know that name. He, he raced out of Pennsylvania now. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he, he does uh, B, uh, GTI, golf GTIs. Um, he got me messed up with this endurance racing thing. So everyone, every, we all have that guy. Yeah, there's that guy you want to strangle, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to this day, and and with Bill and I, I'm speaking out of class, but it has nothing to do with actually endurance racing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to get in line, buddy. Get in line. There you go. There you go. I'm sure I have people who want to strangle me too. So, so anyway, <laughs> I went to that event, and there was some of my other racing friends that were involved. Uh, they had a, a different car. Um, and so, you know, it turned out I had several friends that were involved in the stuff. And of course, that just kept sucking me in and sucking me in. And finally I said, okay, uh, I'm going to have a car. And I got to looking around and found a car here locally that a guy, uh, had built for SCCA as an ITA car, which at the time and, and still is pretty close to, uh, specifications, especially for a champ yeah. car. Yep. I, I mean, I think you could run an ITA car today without doing anything to it. Yeah, you and, can. There's just some the tires. Yeah. And they've got some other suspension stuff that we wish we'd, some of us wish that they'd allow, but in coolers and stuff like that, but you got to take all that off. But yeah, yeah, I think ITA is probably the closest class to what, it's pretty close. Champ car. Yeah. Yeah. Is so that anyway, the E30? Bought... Yeah. They're heavy, but yeah, you can lighten it up. What was the question oh. about the E30? I oh, said, yeah. was that the E30 you're referring to, the ITA car? No, no, that was the Miata. Yeah. Oh, okay, yep. okay. That was that was the number. Well, it was always been the number six. Number six. six. It's always been a six car. It was a six car even when it was a, an SCCA car. Right. Okay. No, the BMW came later. The E30 came a little bit later. Okay. Because we raced that uh, that ITA car. Actually, it raced as an EC car for the first season. Was that because of your engine? Uh, I think it was because <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't know enough to uh, figure out that we could race it, even if we had to take a, you know a penalty lap or two. Oh, okay. I don't remember exactly. Well, I say the rules were a little more stringent then. Yeah. You, you yeah. couldn't. Yeah. The rules were a little more stringent. So well, we had was, the, we had the dollar amounts back then. You, you, you yeah, had $500 to spend. Or but it was over 500. It, yeah. it was over, definitely over 500. And back then you could sell parts off your car. And unfortunately, yeah. Miata, you couldn't get very much money for those parts. Some of the guys no. that had the BMWs and stuff could sell the parts off the car and pretty much get the cars you know, they'd sell the glove box and get, you know, what they paid for the car back on it. Probably. Yeah. Because they were German. Yeah. So <laughs> we raced that car for a season or two. And we were, of course, we were, and of course, some of my buddies wanted to drive with me. So I acquired a team along the way. And none of us had ever really driven in, in any kind of competition before. So we started going to HPDEs. Uh, did several of those around to kind of gain some driving skill. 
and uh, we did a couple of lemons events, a couple of champ car events. And one day we were at a champ car event at Hallett. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I had not paid that much attention. Um, I guess I was more concerned with what we were doing than what other people were doing. I wasn't paying too much attention to the cars that really were competitive because certainly we were not competitive back in that era. I started looking at, well, what's winning races? And we were at Hallett and they had a really good turnout for that particular event. And I'm telling you, there were probably 10 or 12 E30s in the field for that event. And I was kind of watching that. It's like, wait a minute. Those cars have an advantage. But we couldn't begin to keep up with them. And nor could any other Miata begin to keep up with them in that era. Right. And I told Trice, Trice Humper, that's one of my drivers, one of my best buddies. I said, Trice, I want to build an E30. And so that led to the E30, the number 99 car. And I remember that car well. Yeah, that was a good car. We won a lot of yep. events in that yep. car. That was, that was our most successful car. Quite and, honestly. and being on the East Coast, you know, we'd only see you at certain events. And it's like, you'd forget. You know, it's like, oh, God, there, there's that 99 car. And they're just going to, yeah. Yeah, and I, the way I'd done the exhaust on that car, it had dual pipes. So it was like a pair of threes. All right. Exhausted like a pair of threes, which I don't know if anybody else does that, but it gave it a very unique exhaust sound, sound. because yeah. I'd have people come over and say, man, that car sounds really good. Yeah. A real <laughs> high pitched sound to it. Real it high pitched sound. Yeah. Yeah. And it made it as you passed us in our yeah. MR2, which, you know, yeah. As you passed us, it was just like, man, a car, it got to have something cheaty because it just sounds cheaty. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Not, not particularly. Yeah, um, well, you know. probably no more than anybody else's yeah like our car but yeah you know <laughs> but it was uh but yeah that was fun back then racing you guys because um you guys are quick yeah we we took that car uh we took that car on the road quite a bit because we took we went to road america one year we won at road america one yep. year and watkins i don't remember if we won but we placed we really there. well we yeah, placed, I remember that we were there several times yeah. Now, having said that, the level of competition has clearly gone up since right. that era. So I think if we took that car the way it was and put it back, you know, in today's fields, it would not do as well as it did yeah. back in that era. I mean, even my car isn't even competitive nowadays to that. It's, you know, people keep Well, that has a lot to do with things. the driver, though. Plus yeah. the other thing too, is the arrow has made such a huge oh, difference. Yeah. Yep. And we never tried to do any arrow on the E30. It's actually pretty difficult to do on the E30 because they're such a freaking boxy car. Right. Now you've um, played with the arrow on the, uh, on the Miata. You have a hard top on the top. Um, you have a nice, cool little lip spoiler on the back of the car that actually works. I think Yeah, we need more though. testing. No, we got to have more than that. It's not enough. It, that uh, gurney flap is not enough. Because you did some uh, testing, didn't you? At uh, at Harris Hill one time, you took it off. Oh, it definitely was like, it, and it, they got it, mad at you. Oh, they said, "Yeah, put it back on right now." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but compared to a car that has full arrow, a Miata that has full arrow yeah. that has a nice high wing and a good splitter in front, um, 
we definitely cannot compete in the in the turns especially right. do you have points uh, to do that with your because you now run an ecotech in that well course. actually no actually i have enough uh points that i could go to the full arrow we've talked about it right because i claim the points now for what piddly is arrow oh yeah okay the so it would be there anyway yeah. yeah yeah you can put as big an arrow on as you want uh yeah. at the you know the points that we are accumulating for that Right. So, so arrow is points, whether it's a wing the size of a Formula 5000 car or yep. whether it's just a tiny little each. gurney. Yep. yep. Ten. yep. Well, the gurneys are just part of the arrow. I mean, it's, right. Yeah. So if it can't, you know, most of the like the uh, nine lives wings have a little slide in there. You can slide a gurney, different size gurneys into their wing uh-huh. and clamp that's it off. But, but yeah. So that's, yeah, that's go ahead. You know, depending on where things go, um, that would be the next step for this car. Now, guys, you got to understand, I've been in this a long time and I'm, I'm getting up in years and I don't drive anymore. So I'm really trying to focus more on working with other teams, helping them, partnering with them. And it may be that I don't do a whole lot more development on my own car. So, so was that hard getting out of the car and going to the, the prep side or was that, was that better for you? No, I was such a poor driver. That was really easy. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take much. <laughs> I, I respect a guy who, who knows their yes. lot in life. Yeah. I, I'm not that person, you know, um, I, I, yeah. I, I know I'm not the best driver, but gosh, darn it. I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. yeah. I just felt like I was detracting from the rest of the team. Because mm. um, I was probably the probably generally the worst, the slowest. So it's like, ah, time to get out of the car, let these guys race it. And do they you, do, and, and Basilini has done really, really well with that number six Miata. Yeah, it's hung in pretty good. I mean, we're not necessarily a front runner, but we tend to be pretty reliable and, you know, you start looking, you know, here's the way I figure it for, for this type of endurance racing, you don't have to be the fastest car on the track, but you do have to be the fastest car on the track when the check and flag race. Exactly. Right. You got to be there. And so if you can be, you know, looking at best lap times, and that's what I typically do, you know, race monitor, race hero, whatever I'm looking at, you know, if you're in the top five maybe ten, depending on how many cars are in the event now if you're in top five top ten as far as your lap times you know maybe you're a second two seconds off you're in the running now if you're five seconds off or ten seconds off you're not in the running but uh, do you see it that way bill yeah do, it's, do you agree with that it is and and it's i think you know historically like some of these longer races that we've done the you know, the 12, 14, 24 hours, we've had teams that never put down the fastest laps of the race, but they just were there at the end and it's yeah. consistency and they have good pit stops. And that's right. something you guys are really good at good pit stops, um, consistency and yeah. your drivers don't get into trouble. Well, except for Trice last year at, uh, at Hallett took a uh, four wheel drive excursion <laughs> with the help of another car. He got and, a little help with that. Oh, yeah. His adrenaline at the end of that was at, off the charts. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he got pushed off by another car. Right. And I, I don't think you really want to listen to the in car video, the no. audio from the in car video. It, it's <laughs> you're, definitely you're busy not. like 
yeah. for the faint of heart or small children. I think we had that on the show too. And it was and Paulie's the whole time just like Where's apologizing. The <laughs> Where's the mute button? So to your point though, you know, you were talking about not having to have the yeah, fast but... car. At, at Hallett, you, you were running in the 29s and there were about five cars running in that 29, 28 area. Yep. Yes, there were. But if you look at you who won on Sunday... Yeah. Um, and then the the of uh, the next car on the uh, the finishing sheet here on the results, the Boxster was well well. But if you look at the next car in the twenty nines or twenty eights, between yeah. they were in eighth. The Boulder team, yeah, right? The Boulder so team. Yeah. so and and well, they so, had to make an extra fuel stop. Didn't the they? Problem, they had to, right. The Boulder guys, that's an Ecotech car also, yeah. and they've got more of a power tune in their ECU. Right. Uh, in fact, they acquired that car from Jerry Inger. Mm -hmm. I guess you know that bill probably. Oh, yeah. Yep, right. yep. And um, they have not figured out yet how to run a full stint with that car. Right, yeah. They can only do about a – actually, they can only – I think they told me they could do an hour 25. Yep. And that's – it's going to be very hard to win races. Right if you can only run an hour 25 on the because yeah. so, that it's a five minute pit stop yeah yeah those that don't know it's a five you know once you come in for fuel once that fuel cap comes off it's five minutes you have to stay in pit right. lane and that's that's from the entering pit lane right. to exiting pit lane right yeah. so what my, the point i was going to make though is that the you know the cars two through seven were all in the 31 to 37 range uh -huh. so so as you were saying you know you you've you, that proves your point very very you know, positively that you don't have to be the fastest car to finish up front in these races as long as no, you, don't. you don't run into problems you get your five minute pit stops done without having to go to six or seven or eight or ten minutes and you stay out of trouble and and that's i think i think that's one of the charms about champ car is that you know you don't have to be at the pointy head of the, uh, the pointy end of the stick as far as speed goes to still be competitive right yeah, well, it is endurance racing. Right. I mean, that's that's the whole nature of endurance racing, I, yeah. I believe. Now, Joe, you talk about endurance racing. You're wearing a shirt that says the 37. I am. You ran in that 37-hour race. I did. Not ran, but you drove in that 37. <laughs> I did. What, what was that? What was that like? What, what, let Horrible. Me, let me that was let the most awful this. thing ever. Yeah, let, let me preface this. So, um. When John, I think it was John Condren, the, the John founder. Condren. The founder. He was, yep. he, John was there. I remember yeah. having a, I remember getting called up to talk to John. <laughs> so John puts on these, he wants to set a world record, longest endurance races ever. I think they started out with what, a 36? The first one was like a 35 or 36 hour race. And then we progressed up. I think the longest is a 38 hour. And that was in Florida, like the following I, year. I think they, the next year was the last one. Yeah. About 37 hours. And I just thought the, the, I think some of my guys are, were my drivers were, um, uh, were, they love those long endurance races. Of course, they're just driving. Right. And all <laughs> I could think about when they said this was, oh my God, the fuel cost. Oh my God, how many hubs am I going to need? Oh my God, how much? Yeah, it was just, I just thought of the, the cost was just insane to do one of those races. Because basically, worst. The worst part about it is we took two cars. Oh, Jesus. We had two cars at that event. I had sold that, the number six Miata to yeah. Jack Kinkle, of all things. 
So I didn't have the Miata anymore, but I had the 99 E30. But Jack decided he wanted to do the 37 with us. So we combined forces and took the six Miata and the 99 E30 to that event. And then we lined up a bunch of drivers. Um, I don't remember how many had, but they all got sick. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> They're back in the hotel sick. And we all ended up with like a handful. I think we only had three or four drivers for two cars. So oh, like, it was wow. terrible. It was terrible. Well, I should, I'm going to tell a story, even though okay. it's, it, it's an admission of a degree of cheating. <laughs> so we're short of drivers. And of course, the weather for this thing was absolutely miserable. I mean, it was cold, rainy, blowy. <laughs> Eagles Canyon, Texas is next to the North Pole. Let me tell you, <laughs> there's not there's nothing between Eagles Canyon and North Pole. And so if that cold wind wants to blow, it's cold. Yeah. So anyway, we're freezing to death and all this, that, and the other. And I could go into a lot of detail about it. But anyway, Keith Milliken's in the 8th, uh, the 99 E 30 and it's cold, slick. Uh, you can only drive about half speed. And so he got to the end of his two hours. Well, he didn't have any other driver. They were all back at the hotel sick. I don't remember exactly yeah. what happened. I said, okay, keep, well, just keep on going. How much gas you got? And he said, Oh, still got about a half tank on the gauge. And I said, all right, we'll just keep going. So he did. And, uh, I think he came in at about three hours and 45 minutes, something like that. <laughs> and we did a driver change and went on back out, you know, well, in the meantime, I got uh, Mike Morrison came down. He said, uh, so, uh, uh, a team complained that you guys perhaps overran the two hour limit on driver. I said, Oh, really? Uh, he said, yeah, John Condor would like to talk to you guys. So I went up there with Perry. I said, Perry, we are going to be the stupidest guys on the face of the earth when we get up there. So I got up there and John, he was smiling. He was all nice and everything. Yeah. Went over and talked to timing and scoring. And they, I, they said, uh, you know, you guys ran three hours and 45 minutes. Of course, I didn't admit to it. Yeah. I said, well, I don't know. Uh, Trice is in the car now and he's, uh, he's been managing the drivers. I, I really don't know what had happened. And I'll admit, I told Keith to keep on going. Okay. So I'm admitting to this, but at the time it's like, yeah, deny, deny, deny. And, uh, and John Connor leaned over and said, you guys couldn't possibly have gone three hours and 45 minutes on a tank of gas. I knew right then we were in the clear when John said, that. <laughs> 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 so, well, oh, something, something, something must've happened here, but okay. It's all right. Well, we'll let it go. So, you know, they let it go. Yeah. Well, we didn't, we, we, that car broke in the last three or four hours of the event. We had knocked, we'd knocked a hole in the oil pan the night before, because I'm telling you, cars were running more off the track than they were on the track. Oh, really? it, it was so freaking cold and slippery cars were going off constantly. In fact, I think, I think the, the, the flag people gave up. I don't think there was anybody. <laughs> even out. Well, you couldn't stand it. It was so freaking cold. 
I had heard rumors that maybe there may not have been flag people out there. I don't think there were. I don't think there were. I think they gave up. That's kind of those things you hear, but you never really talk about. Oh, no, I believe that's true. I'm I'm pretty sure it's true because I was there for the whole damn thing. So anyway, uh, we knocked a hole in the oil pan. Well, we caught it in time and took it down to the garage and JB welded that crack and it just cracked the bottom of the you know, BMW right. E30 has got a flat pan, flat cast aluminum pan. So we JB welded that as best we could and put something under to heat it to, to make it set. And it ran, uh, another 12 hours like that. Oh, wow. That's a commercial for JB Weld. <laughs> and yeah. then it, it finally let go. Um, well, except for that part with tries, I think it was about it might have been only two hours ago. It still finished. I think we still finished tenth in that car. Oh wow! Still wow. Overall, and that uh, the Miata finished third on that event. It oh, ran wow. all the way to the end. It was slow. Those guys. Uh, who was it? Um, the guys with the uh, the sobs. Who are they? Oh, ninety. Um, Robin Bank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were driving like the track was dry. They were yeah. the only car on the track that could actually drive. Everybody else was just skating. Was that an all-wheel drive <laughs> sob? Is that why? No, uh, no. Yeah, front-wheel drive. Front oh, wheel drive. okay, okay. The 99s. The I don't Saiyan. know what I don't know what they had done to that car, but it really. Well, they have no weight in them. It. They are as light as as you can get it with. You know, there's not they're Pennsylvania cars, so they're probably just rust. Yeah. <laughs> rust is light. Rust exactly. is light. It's like air. It's like aerated metal. That's awesome. I mean, they'd lap us about every 10 laps or something like that. Yeah. I mean, and everybody else, I mean, yeah. they were way, yeah. way, way faster than either car on the track. But anyway, so you, you won Sunday at Hallett. What's, what's in the future for, for Basil Weenie? Where are you guys going next? Basil. 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 See, now you even said it. I can't say it right now. <laughs> what's, what's, the, what's up next? What's the rest of the season look like for Basil Weenie racing? I'm, I've been talking around to see what we want to do next. Uh, of course, we missed Ozark. I'd like to have gone up there. We'd probably do that next year. Uh, I think I'm going to be com- uh, working more with John Babo and his 93 NC car, Lone Star Racers, because okay. mm-hmm. I've been working with him a lot in the past. I think we're going to do some events in the fall, but we're not sure yet. Have they put... Uh, is, is Laguna on the schedule yet, no, Bill? Laguna, no, we're not putting Laguna on this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah we t- talked about that and then discovered it wasn't on the schedule. There, Nelson Ledges got to do the, the longest day, man. No, no. We won't do that again. <laughs> never, 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 never. Well, it would be a short day to the 37. Compared to the 37, <laughs> that's kind of like a, a, an extended it's a sprint. day. It's yeah. a sprint not, race. Not to make fun of other series, but did you see that thing? SCCA had a, a, a 24 hours up there, something up there just recently. Did you know how many cars they had? Yeah, we won't talk about it. I know. <laughs> I, I won't say anything because we don't have that many cars either up there. So, but it, it is what it is. And uh, it right is now, what it is. Yeah, right now racing is uh, is is it's hard to get racers in certain areas of the country. So, well, that's going to be an ongoing problem. I mean, with gas. Oh I mean, yeah. Traveling from here to Hallett and back. We spent almost six hundred dollars just in gas yep. for my truck. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I'm going getting ready to go to California here next week, and you know, for the Willow Springs event, I have to f- haul out the Flagtronics gear for us, yeah, and and some other race gear for Dana, 
And yeah, we're expecting some big diesel prices because I have a diesel Ram. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, oh. yeah, 600 miles on a tank is still pretty good compared to our, uh, our ambulance, which is, uh, I think, I think it was like 300, 200, about 300 miles, 250, 300 miles on, um, 40 gallons. So it gets expensive. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. That, that's going to be a factor ongoing. I yep. think. Yep. Yep. So, but, but uh, and I think that had something to do with a moderate turnout at Hallett, quite honestly. Yeah, 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 I know it did. So, yeah, I think that's, that's going to be a problem for all racing series for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future until things start to get back into. I think we pull in a, a, a miles per gallon, miles per gallon um, class. We'll give them like 30 <laughs> gallons and say, all right, this will last you seven hours. Can you do it? <laughs> you know, get they have. They have an event like that down yeah. at our local track, Harris Hill. Mm -hmm. You can pick any car you want to pick, uh, street car. Right. Yeah. And you race on one tank of gas. And yeah. the object is who can go the furthest? What well, kind of a cool. car can you pick? Is there a minimum speed that you have to be um, at? That I don't know for sure. We yeah. haven't ever run in it, so I don't know. But I know they run that event every year. I'll that just drive around at 10 miles per hour for yeah. as long as I can <laughs> figure out a way to take a V six and only have, you know, alternating cylinders light up and try and save <laughs> as much fuel as you can. Or maybe a Prius or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Joe, it's been great. Thank you. Well, guys, uh, been a lot of fun. I'd be willing to do it again. If you ever want yeah. to do it. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. That'd be great. Otherwise we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys at the next event, especially yep. you, Bill. Yes. Thank you. Yep. He didn't mean Ryan? that, Bill. He just he said, said that, that with be tongue nice. in cheek. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had my fingers crossed. Tongue, yeah. tongue firmly placed in cheek. All right, folks. That's Joe right, White. Guys. He's Thank here you. with us from Basil Weenie Racing. I think I got it right this time. You got it. There we go. When we come back, I have no idea what we're going to talk about because I haven't figured it out yet, but we will do something else when we come back after this break. You're listening to Inside Champ Car on the Racing Wire Podcast Network. Inside Champ Car is a podcast that takes a deep dive into all things going on with the Champ Car Endurance Series. Hosted by veteran journalist, radio host, and racer Brian Belansky and Champ Car's very own Bill Strong, we talk to drivers, team bosses, tech gurus, and series supporters. Episodes air every week in time for you to listen on your way to the track. Inside Champ Car is on the Racing Wire Podcast Network, found on Apple, Spotify, Google, and most popular podcasting apps. Welcome back. This is Inside Champ Car. He is Wild Bill in the morning. Oh, and I'm oh, wait, falling did, asleep, Brian, in the evening. I'm going to shake it up there for a second. I know. You like caught me off guard. Like, are we doing a, some sort of crazy DJ show? Uh, we need horns. Beep, beep. <laughs> I don't have that on this section of buttons here. So yeah. anyway, uh, great conversation with yeah. Joe White there. What a cool guy. He is, man. He is. And that whole team is pretty cool. They're pretty yeah. laid back until they're... Uh, they're winning and it's, you and know, there's a big great fight. You know, there's a, not a fight, right, but a, it, a, a battle. You know, battle going on out on the track. And those guys are pretty intense. And, and, uh, 
yeah, you know, we've had to catch it. We've had it. We've caught him like passing under yellow a couple of times over the no. years. And man, it's just, you know, they're, we're in their face. They're in our face. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fun. It's what makes it fun at the track. Good stuff. All right. So we've got, uh, we've got after Watkins Glen now <laughs> looking ahead a little further, uh, you're coming out by me. I'm actually going to see bill in person. At Willow I don't Springs. know. We might, I don't think we're going to do what we planned on doing. Okay. Yeah. Cause there's a, uh, staffing thing issue going well on i'm right still going to come out and say hi okay all right cool well we'll see yeah we'll see. yeah that would be good okay, i'm, I'm still right. coming up for a little bit well yeah uh anyway yeah so bill's coming out here for willow springs i guess right and then you've got another race the same yep. weekend at autobahn right autobahn yep we're at autobahn june 17th through 19th and that's the the track day on I believe they have a track day on that day. Right. Um, and then uh, June 17th through 19th, we're at Willow Springs as well with a, a, a track uh, run practice day. Um, yeah, Willow Springs is going to be like 140 degrees, just like last year. Right. Uh, probably a little bit of oven wind coming off the desert. Yes. Um, and then, uh, and it's then never we had... not windy at Willow Springs, oh. by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I've, well, I'm learning that now. Last year with 114 degrees, that it Ooh. was probably the hottest i've ever been in i i was i lived in phoenix for a while it was hot out there but i don't think it ever hit 114 115 yeah but the wind just made it hot and it was one of those you cook inside yeah <laughs> that's the only yeah. way i can describe it and it took me a couple of about a week or so to, to get back to normal it yeah. was that hot out there but the worst part was when we went down the came off the mountain because it's in the mountains yeah it's, 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 it's the well, high it's, desert it's the high desert yeah. yes yeah so when we came down into L.A., it was 64 degrees yeah. or 66. It was crazy. Yeah, because we yeah. have June gloom here. So yeah. it, there's no sun or not as much sun in the mornings here. It was foggy. Yeah, yeah. 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 So And then uh, then we had – then I actually uh, – when I leave uh, Willow Springs, I'm hauling tail to Carolina Motorsports Park um, where uh, we'll be putting on an 8-plus 7-hour. We have a lot of cars signed up for that one at the Carolina Grand Prix at CMP. Nice. And then also we have uh, the same weekend, we have the Shannonville Raceway going on in Shannonville, Ontario. That's uh, Canada, not Ontario, oh, California. Canada. Yep. And uh, that's presented by Perry's Performance and Competition. Uh, we're looking for more entries to that race, guys. Shannonville's a pretty fun track to race at. Uh, down, uh, uh, It's right above Thousand Lakes, New York. Hmm. Um, just right over the border there. Boom, you're there. Interesting. And fun track. Been so there a few times with MR2s. So, because I, I, I don't know, uh, do a lot of the uh, U.S. drivers cross the border to go race up Actually, there? Well, they did, but you know, we had this closure issue, right? Right. Thing, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we used to have a lot go over, and okay. a lot of their guys come down to us to come down to us to race. So. Yeah, we. Um, I made the trip up once to race at Mosport, so I, I get oh, that yeah. whole. But it's Troy it's, goes up there a lot. My buddy Troy. Yeah. Um, they love that track. I've never been to Mossport. Yeah. But oh, it's cool. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And it's, it's, as my friends in Boston would say, it's wicked fast. Yeah. They say it's a little scary. Yeah. You really have to trust your equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Much definitely... like Ozarks. Every, whenever you ask somebody about Ozarks, they would always mention something about Mossport would come in there. Yeah. Yeah. As that's, you know, because yeah. it doesn't look that scary when you look at it on the map. There's a couple but, of corners that are really fast and 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 can be bad if you don't do them right. I and mean, we're at Mossport. Get you actually, bad, bad. when is that? Uh, later in the, I think we're in the fall, beginning of fall. We're at Mossport. Okay. Um, we're out there. Yep, 
Canadian Tire Motorsports Park is what it's called. Yeah, I know. Um, We're there October 8th and 9th. Cool. Awesome. All right. Anything else before we head out of this one? Because this this was a good show. This was going to be a big one. Yep. Um, Wait, do I have anything? I don't think so. No, I don't have anything. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll see you guys next Tuesday from, uh, oh, from here. You'll be home by then? I'll be home, yeah. And then I have to, then I'll leave right after that to head west. Oh, my goodness. I'm actually leaving a week early. I'm going to stop by and see my father. Nice. He's coming up on really old, so I want to say hi to him. <laughs> Though he's more active than I am. We won't yeah. tell him you called him old, but that's okay. Oh, <laughs> call him old all the time. The old man. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right, that's going to do it. For, before it gets, Bill gets himself in any more trouble, I'm going to get us out of this one. That's going to do it for another episode of Inside Champ Car. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any episodes. You would also be great if you share it on your social media channels. You could leave a comment on the Champ Car Facebook page. If it's not a good comment, just go to Bill's personal page and fill that sucker up. I'm Brian Polanski. He's Bill Strong. This is Inside Champ Car, the Racing Wire Podcast Network.